0: Hello, and welcome to yet another top fives podcast by BTCP. Today, we're looking at the top five championships
1: in our lifetimes. Hello, and welcome to another top five, as you heard. Uh we are looking at top five seasons that we have been witness to. Um we feel that's probably the best best idea to go on as we've seen all the action from these these years that we've picked. Um and we've we've ranked them. We've put them into a the top five, looking for the most exciting and um, the one that had the most anticipation throughout the championship or right at the end. Um we had a little bit of challenge putting them together getting them narrowed down into a top five um, but we we have come up with with a set haven't we
0: yeah we have so we're looking at uh, the titles that have been contested or the seasons have been contested during our sort of watching years. So that's pretty much anything post 2005 uh, we've been sort of looking at the drama that each season had the climax each season had and the competitiveness and standout moments from each season
1: yeah so Um, Most of these seasons have been fairly recent, actually, since 2010. There's only one that uh, stands before that. Um, Yeah. But they were all really competitive seasons, as you were saying. Um, I think we should get straight into it with number five.
0: Yeah, well, number five was the edition you particularly wanted in. Uh, We did have a chat, as you mentioned, uh, prior to the pod to pick a... uh, Exclusive top five, and this was a, a one you you wanted in, and it's 2016
1: number five. Yeah, so Gordon Shedden took the t- title in 2016. He retained it from 2015 season, uh, his third title in the British Touring Cars. Um, so this this season was uh, unprecedented for the times. We had 12 different drivers take wins throughout the season, something that had never been achieved before up to that point. An unprecedented eight drivers were still in the title fight going into the final weekend at Brands GP. Um, Tordoff, a fairly newcomer to the championship, was leading going into the final round at Brands. Um, however, incidents and race finishes throughout that weekend, people gradually dropped out and um, different drivers came to the top of the pile. Um, so the first two. Well, first of all, Turkington took pole position. He was in the title fight and he won the first two races of the weekend doing everything that he could. Uh, obviously, he was in the Subaru Levorg at the time, which <laughs> for, for that season was a really competitive car. Plato yeah, was up there as well. That's
0: the reason I'm laughing. That's not the reason I'm laughing. No? Go on. No, I remember vividly getting very animated with Jason Plato during this weekend because he would not move out of the way of um, or would not you know, help him out at, at all during this race, uh, at which point Plato was mathematically out of it coming into Brands, or certainly was by the last, uh, by the end of the first race of Brands. Yep. And he just would not help Colin out one
1: iota. He pushed Colin all the way in the second race until he was told to hold back by the team, um, yeah. which meant that Colin went on and took second victory of the weekend. Now, in that second race, crucially... Matt Neal had contact with Sutton coming up to uh, coming out of Druids. Uh, put him spearing into the wall in a fairly forceful accident as well. Not too much damage on the car, but it actually um, gave Matt Neal a mild case of concussion, uh, which meant that he couldn't take part in race three. Now, at the time, Matt Neal and Shedden, obviously Team Halford's teammates, you want your teammate around you to help you in any way possible that you can to try and push for the title and Shedden didn't have that support and that's in his three titles that's probably the only time that he hasn't had the support when he's needed it most Um, and so yeah he couldn't take part in race three which meant that Shedden had to do it on his own he was starting behind Tordoff. going into the final race Tordoff had a two point lead um, meaning that he really just needed to finish ahead of Shedden um, Tordoff was running in the one series BMW, BMW, which we know was a mighty quick car. Um, yeah. From obviously Colin winning titles in it as well in the following seasons, and yeah, it it was a it was a good final race. Um, Shedden had a decent start um, from seventh on the grid, from what I remember, um, and had to fight his way through the field and get past Tordoff. On lap seven, he got past him and then went off into the middle distance. Um, Tordoff was then passed by uh, Morgan, I believe, who finished fourth. Um, And that place between them was just enough to actually hand Shedden the title. He had a fighting weekend. He finished fifth, third and third, which is impressive for a A final weekend where you needed all the points that you could get um and i think probably his title experience having won the previous season um and a couple of seasons before that i think his title experience won through in the end and got him where he needed to be
0: yeah it was a as you say it was an exciting end to the season um wasn't only just the end of the season at the title though, so we saw Tom Ingram take his first win in the series, uh, Ash in the same, uh, and I'll always remember this season where Tordoff came from pretty much absolutely nowhere yeah. to nearly very much win the title. He certainly wasn't in the uh, discussions at the start of the season to who we were going to be watching out for, uh, who we thought would be winning uh, or you know, competing the title. Uh he outshone Collard in uh the same uh, car, uh, albeit Collard had a pretty good finish himself, finishing fifth in the championship that year himself. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's just the sort of almost similar to uh, Tom Ingram in twenty eighteen, was it was their unprecedented uh not quite privateer, but uh, not quite newcomer, but you know, the complete dark horse and complete yeah. shock of the of, of the championship.
1: Yeah, those eight drivers that ring uh, title contention were obviously Shedden Tordoff, Matt Jackson in the Ford Focus along with Andrew Jordan Plato and Turkington in the Subaru Levorg, Vogue uh, Matt Neal alongside Shedden in the Honda Civic and Rob Collard alongside Tordoff in the BMW so four different manufacturers were still going for the, the overall title which is impressive going into the final weekend
0: yeah, it's certainly the only one I can think of where there's been that many drivers yeah. in the uh, in shout. So we we're used to seeing a five-way or a four-way uh, battle, but to have a 7-8 uh, is ridiculous uh, and shows just how competitive that season was. Uh, also, 32-car grid, so yeah, it was absolutely bumper-to-bumper throughout. Uh, but what was interesting is that we did get a fair few drivers who didn't score points at all. It's usual mm. to have most of the field score points. Um, however, Chris Smiley... Yeah, is a notable name who scored none that season yeah. um, however there was also quite a lot of hot seating if you like with various was uh, filling in different parts of the
1: season um, yeah also Shedden had a poor start to the season in all respects he had three retirements in the first three meetings um, mm-hmm. and then throughout the rest of the season he only had three races where he didn't score points so from then on he was very consistent Um Tordoff was also consistent but he he had a couple of issues along the way a couple of times outside the points one race at Snetterton that he didn't even start Um, so if he'd have pushed a little little harder he only had two wins over the season Tordoff um, to Shedden's four if he'd have pushed a little harder I think he possibly could have done it
0: You say that but I think that you look at towards uh, the rest of the season he scored a lot of podiums uh, yeah. he just didn't in the end have enough to go over the line, I think what you said before was absolutely right, Shedden's champion uh, champion winning ways showed in the end, particularly at brands where he scored I mean normally scoring a tenth, a fifth and a fifth is a pretty good weekend but mm-hmm. when your rivals don't a fifth and two thirds, I mean, that, that's that's why Shedden's champion ended up.
1: Yeah. Um, the top six in the final standings were covered by just 33 points. Now, we've seen bigger margins that between first and second in championships. Yeah. Um, Giovannardi comes to mind when he just went all out and won the championship outright uh, back in 2008. Um, but yeah, it was a very competitive season. There were instances throughout the season um, at Thruxton, um, both. The Subarus were withdrawn from yeah. from racing. Um, there are a couple of disqualifications throughout the uh, rounds for Jack Goff and Ashley Sutton at Silverstone. So yeah, it it was a it was a close season, um, but the seasons we've got ahead I think are deservedly ahead.
0: Yeah, my only last thought on that is it's interesting you point out that we've drawn. does well at Thruxton normally. You do wonder if he'd race that weekend, would he potentially have won the title ahead of of Shedden? I don't know. Um, I know that they were certainly in trouble with Subaru earlier on this season. Um, As you can see by their string of results prior to that, they really were struggling to get that car working. And I think overall, not racing them at Thruxton and working on them was the right call. I mean, Plato came back at Old Park to take a triple podium and Turkington took a 1st, a 2nd and a 7th, so whatever they did worked.
1: Yeah. But, I, <laughs> I've not seen
0: a car withdraw you know, a whole weekend so early in the
1: season. No, no, nor have I. And, and then the, come back. They, they really had to work on that Subaru. They understood that they had issues. You can see from Plato's results, he got uh, one point scoring finish in the first six races. And you mm. knew something was up, because um, Turkington only had two points scoring in the first six races. So and two retirements. Yeah, and something was in the issue. They've gone away, they've worked on it, and they've come back fighting as well. Because uh, that yeah. Subaru was very quick in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, just pick it up there. Play it with a run of five straight podiums. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. And then a run yeah. of four later in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Pretty
0: impressive.
1: Well, moving on to fourth place in our list now. Um, we're going back a few years from 2016 to 2013. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Jordan was champion in 2013, in his beautiful livery. I must add, uh, Honda Civic. Mm. Do you not mm. like it? No, not for me. Oh, okay. Not for me. Not for me. Fair Sorry. enough. Um, he took the title by seven points. His first British touring car title. Um, and something that really sang through in that season for me was his consistency. His mega consistency. Um, Yes
0: and no, until we got to the final weekend and decided that consistency could go out the window of retirement (laughs) in this second race of France.
1: Yes, but to have 29 out of 30 rounds um, scoring points... Yeah, and only finishing outside of the top 10 twice at Thruxton, where he had an 11th, and Donington, where he had a 13th, that is mega impressive for me.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I always have a slight problem with drivers who win by coming from the back of the field, as we discussed, I think, last podcast, in the sense that quite often, their job's made quite easy for them. Um, nonetheless, you look at the final uh, weekend... It's a wet. It's a dark brand's hatch. He's got absolutely everything to do in race three, and does do pretty well to come from the back of the grid to finish ninth. Yeah. What's even more interesting is Sheddon actually wins that last race. It yeah. Does everything he can, you know, to, to, to win the title, and it's still not enough. Um, I do quite like those weekends where you have sort of the protagonist doing everything possible, and it's still not quite being enough. Because that's the ultimate, yeah, the ultimate climax, effectively. Um, but yeah, it was a good season. Uh, we saw there were five-way shootout out before the title, so going into that uh, race weekend at Brands, so there were technically five people that could still win the title. Yep. Um, but as you say, it went the way of uh, um, uh, Andrew Jordan. The only thing that also stood out to me for this season was there's only seven different race winners, which is quite short.
1: Yeah, it was quite short. I think it was in a time where this, the middle to second half of the field were... Relatively inexperienced as well. Mm-hmm. We don't have that um, that sort of short fall at the moment. We have race winners almost throughout the grid at every team. Um, but and I think back in 2013 we were lacking that and gradually building up younger talents to bring them through. Um, I think Jordan's feat in 2013 is fairly imperious considering he's taken the title, fighting off works and teams manufacturers as an independent to come through and develop that car i know it's an excellent car we've said it before the honda civic was a wonderful game changer for british touring cars but he's taken that and he's pushed it to its absolute limit and been there been there at the end when it was important
0: i mean you know my feelings on his title winning that i don't think it's most impressive one um and i would add I agree with what you say to a point, but how much help from uh, Team Dynamics did he have? That's a question in the car Mm. um, compared to other independent drivers who who try and bring the car through with much less resource open to them. Um, The other thing that stuck out for me from this season as well was that this really was the era of hot seating and changing drivers, which has some uh, merits because you're giving a lot of people a taste of the series and trying to uh, bring through talent. But you actually look at... Uh, the amount of drivers that did hot seat and where, they, where are they actually
1: now and looking through the list None oh, there, there of them have come through there are some random names in there I mean you've still got drivers in there like Mike Bushell you've got Andy Neat raced Um, obviously yeah. Aidan Moffat down there scoring only three points uh, Howard Fuller obviously had the test for Team Hard earlier this season because of uh, Bushell's problems over the winter but Jake Hill in there, who is now a uh, yeah,
0: mainstay in the series. Yeah. But you, you take Hill and Moffat out of the equation, and I would leave Butcher in because he's still not done a full season. Yeah. There's a lot of chopping and changing uh, in there, and I'm quite glad that There's those a... rules were brought in to try and minimise that by giving them maximum balance, etc., etc., to try and encourage teams to stick with a driver for a full year. I mean there are merits to it you do bring people through. But you look at that list of names. Who's actually come through? Out, oh, it's a good ten of
1: names there. There are a lot of drivers there that have done maybe one or two race weekends as well, mm. um, and not had quite full enough funding to push on through either the rest of the season or um, obviously somewhere just stepping in for other drivers. It something surprising for me. Um, Plato very competitive that season in the MG. ...took the most wins, and weirdly, all of Plato's wins were double-headers at the start of weekends. So he took eight eight wins, including the final weekend, um, where the two challengers, Shedden and Plato, took all three wins between them... ...trying to catch Andrew Jordan as much as possible. Um, But yeah, it was, as you said, thrown wide open going into that final race... Um, because of Jordan's only retirement, that coincidentally came with contact with Matt Neal. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, interestingly, going into that final race, Jordan needed to finish potentially 8th, uh, depending on the other results, and having to come from the back of the grid, and as you say, he finished ninth. Shedden won that race, uh, but if Plato had gone on to win that race, then... Obviously, Jordan would have needed that other place. It was a struggle, but it showed that he had the grit and determination when he needed it to push himself through the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look at the, the scores, and I do think this is probably Plato's biggest opportunity missed. When you look at three retirements um, and two non-scoring finishes, when you couple it against what, what else he achieved, when I mean, he didn't actually... Was, the results now, all his other scoring was inside the top ten. I mean, he yeah. was in the top ten the rest of the season, yeah. apart from you know, five uh, mess ups effectively. Yeah, and you, I think that is the biggest opportunity he's missed in the sense of that MG. That was excellent that season. It was. Um, it was a very very good car, uh, very quick. Uh, and as you say, for win uh, double headers, that means you you qualify on pole you win the race and then you get away with maximum and ballast, and still win the next race. Yeah. Um, and actually if you look at his results, post double header, so the reverse grid, a fifth, a retirement, a seventh and a 10th. They're not bad for the no, reverse grid race. Not at all. So I do think this was his biggest mistake in not winning a championship. I don't think you can say the better man lost in, in Jason. I think uh, Jordan's consistency that season is, is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I but, mean, I mean, that, I mean
1: that consistency for me has only been bettered by Matt Neal, obviously having yeah. that season where he scored points in every single round.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I'd say uh, my my only my only problem with the season like this is I always have slightly niggles about somebody coming from the back of the grid because we've often seen it be made far too easy for him to do so.
1: One thing just to point out, this was 2013 was the return of Colin Turkington. obviously he had what, two or three years out doing other little bits in Swedish touring cars or um, world touring cars, but he's come back in this season. I understand that he's gone into the BMW WSR, but he has scored in every round apart from three of finished fifth in the championship. For having two to three years out and coming back and scoring a fifth in the championship is impressive.
0: It is, although I'd argue this is probably the weakest championship on our list. I mean, you take away the top five drivers and look below that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd accept that.
0: Without being too disrespectful. Uh, okay, Matt Jackson and Adam Morgan are in there, but Morgan's not in his pomp at this point. He, no. he's, he's coming through. Matt Jackson, his better years are arguing behind him at this point.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, only only the top six won races. Yeah.
0: No, that's what like me. I mean. I would say that. Well, and even include Tordoff in that point. You know, he he had a good season, but he, he wasn't he wasn't setting the grid on fire. I, I do think this is the weakest championship we've got on the on the list for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay, then we're moving on to a stronger championship, one mm-hmm. that you insisted on having, okay. uh, and that was two thousand and nine.
0: Well, let me just begin uh, by giving you an overview as to why I think this is one of the greatest seasons on record. 2009. Um, this is season of and uh, jo- Andrew Jordan became the uh, youngest pole-sitter uh, for the time, Stephen Jelly took his maiden British Touring Car win, uh, Children scored the first podium with for the Ford Focus, and have later scored Ford's first pole since 2000, It's served first British Touring Car title by five points, so another close finish this season. Jason Plato won of all three of the final races at Brands Hatch and still finished second. Uh, that is, I mean, that's the beauty of it, yeah, failure and victory, isn't it? You've won three races yeah. for the first time since Dan Evans. You've dominated the weekend and you've still come up short. And okay. again, you look through his racing history, there's two retirements that stand out in there. But other than that, he's in the top ten of all but one or uh, two, sorry, other occasions. You just... I mentioned before, so he should be the, the most decorated touring car driver of all time.
1: Can I also point out that those two retirements, he started on pole. You can indeed. Yeah. <laughs> which you can indeed. He, he must be absolutely kicking himself. As you say, lost out on the title by five points. I mean, yeah. What more can what, you do?
0: What I like most about this is that going into the final weekend, we had uh, Turkish in place with Givinadi as uh, people who would be still in the title. Um, yep. and what I think why I like this season so much is because those three raced at the front. Yeah, you know, there was no coming from the back but these oh, yeah. three were at the front. Yeah, you know, got an eighth or third a second, three first for Plato, a third a second and a fourth for Gibrinardi. These guys were absolutely fighting each other at the front of the of the pack. And what I like even more about that is that at no point did anything become dirty. You know, Giminardi had a couple of chances to pump Turton off. Um, Turpin was struggling in one of the races with his own car yep. had a few issues in there Jim and I could have punted him off and made it look you know, not accidental as such but convenient shall we say <laughs> but they didn't you know, they, they all raced pretty, yeah cleanly Turton even got a little bit unboring and got a bit dirty to get past Matt Neil, uh, on occasion as
1: well um, Well, you, sometimes uh, you've just got to give Matt Neal as good, good as he gives really absolutely
0: absolutely but I think I say for me it's the respect of the front three that they fought this out in what I'd like to consider being the proper manner. You know, they they gave each other respect, and in the end, Turpin won it. If you're going to take a you know eighth for third and a second, that's a pretty good way to finish up the season.
1: So something which astounds me with this season is the gap between Giovinardi in third and Matt Neil in fourth. Yes. So Giovinardi finished the season with 266 points. Matt Neil back on 170. It just shows how far ahead those top three drivers were. They were class apart from anyone in that season, and oh, absolutely. they were driving all saloon cars. Yes, the Lasetti, yes, the was. Vectra, and the BMW 3 Series.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> uh, and that was sort of the first time we've seen the you know the Civics or the hatchback not do particularly well. We had obviously Matt Jackson yeah. not scoring, uh, sorry Matt Neal not scoring particularly well. Um, but you also look down the rest of the field. I know. She- and didn't race the full season, but he only scored 34 points in the uh, races he raced. Yeah. Um, I do accept that my criticism of the season before of not being particularly competitive. You can argue that here as well. I do accept that. Uh, you look at the roll call, there's not a... You know, it's not starts-bedded, shall we say. There are some, you know, drivers that... You, didn't s- really you say that
1: else. there were eight different win- winners... Including yeah. James Thompson, who only competed in six weekends and still finished ninth in the championship, something which he has a habit of doing. Yes. Um yes. and there there are some unusual drivers in there, may I point out. Finished nineteenth yeah. in the championship. Johnny Herbert, the former F one racer.
0: Yes, yeah, he competed a few obviously Dan Eames competed half a season.
1: Yeah. Didn't you know,
0: really hit the ground too much. We sort of saw guest appearances of Anthony Reid, Tom Onslow-Cole, Martin Bell, um, Dave Pinkney. These are all sort of the end, if you like, of the 2010, uh, you know, 2005-2010 era drivers. You know, yeah. Sort of the end of those before we started ushering in the new guys um, such as Morgan, etc., who coming to the series later on. Uh, James Nash was also in there for a while. Uh, Paul O'Neill raced for pretty much a full season, missed the first three uh, races but raced the rest of the season. Um, so it wasn't, as I say, the most uh, competitive season. But what I like most about this is the season of firsts and just how good that top three were.
1: Yeah, they, as I said, they were class apart. Um, and all three of them are proven touring car drivers and well worthy of that title of greats of the sport.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the gap is to that near is crazy. You've you embarrassed a three-time champion,
1: effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Which is,
0: yeah, they just absolutely dominated this season. Uh, and it was a, a very exciting one to watch because you had three of the top drivers going for the top prize, and that's what the touring cars should always be about.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, moving on then, second place in our yep. top five um, is the season that we've just had, 2019. <laughs> uh, winner, Conin Turkinson, as probably all of you, I would hope, listening, know. Um, his record-equalling fourth British Touring car title, but my God, did it only just come in the dying embers of the championship.
0: Yeah, at the risk of being (laughs) the grumpy guy again, I do think this is the only age I can think of where the best man lost. Um, Yeah, I don't think Colin, sounds to say, isn't a worthy winner, that's quite harsh, but I think that, both Jordan and Cambridge were more
1: deserving winners this season, this season just gone I have to say yeah um, um, Yeah, it's the closest title fight in recent history certainly with three drivers finishing within two points of each other um, yeah. as you said Jordan arguably should have probably had the title win considering his non-score that he had at Donington after that massive accident uh, I don't think anyone will be forgetting that one in a hurry
0: no that was certainly the largest crash for a long time that I can remember yeah uh, obviously we've had uh, the Snetton, uh start finish line pile up the Plato roll, but certainly in recent time that is the, one of the biggest hits I've seen for a long time
1: yeah um so yeah but the way that he bounced back from that probably showed why maybe he deserved it more um coming back uh, Thruxton and Croft taking two double headed wins um it was a way to say, okay, I'm back, I'm going to go for this as, as well as I can. Especially because, what, midway through the season, we found out that Pertec, his main sponsor for the last 10 years, would be dropping out from the sport. Um, so there were, there were question marks over whether he'd be back on the grid for this season. Um, and I think we were all pretty convinced that he wouldn't be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we didn't see a place that we he would fit. We didn't think that BMW would stretch to a third car. Um, a third works car, that is. Um, but, yeah, they they have and he will be back. But, yeah, last season, uh, for me, that final race, just thinking about it, still gives me goosebumps of how it occurred. And being there, mm-hmm. I, I think, just added to it. And you you heard the reaction in the crowd when we saw on the big screens of that brake failure from Kamish going down the hill. And
0: uh... yeah, there there were two sort of uh, pin drop moments that weekend. The uh, Colin getting turned around by Matt Neal uh, yep. was a pin drop moment, and the Camish the barrier was similar. I mean, you have made a good case for your perhaps being a better winner. I I think Camish would have deserved it as well, just because. He was in the inferior car uh, on paper, um, and his form in the second half of the season was absolutely stunning. Mm, um, it was. And uh, only have one retirement all year. I know Jordan couldn't necessarily help the retirement at Donington, but he's you know he's had one more retirement than Dan Kamish has, um, and also at Brands, Kamish take a first and a third when the pressure is on. I mean, what, yeah. what more can you really do? Uh, and I know I've gone on about it before, but I'll go on about it again. I've still not seen it. I've looked back doing the research here I've still not seen a better move at Paddock Hill Bend <laughs> than pulled off on the wet marble that's still you say about goosebumps that yeah. to this day that, that was a real moment I think Dan looked at him and thought I either go now or I live a life of regret
1: yeah not
0: and it, he absolutely it,
1: went through it it was an outrageous move and we were both spectating from the inside of Druids weren't we and we were, yeah. when we saw him come into Paddock Hill high side of oh who was it was it um, was it Cook?
0: I can't remember now. Oh, I remember the movie itself. and put my head in my hands when I saw him go out on the wet marble.
1: Yeah, you, you could almost telegraph where the car should have ended up and that was in the gravel, possibly beached. But he seemed to find grip from somewhere and pulled off a miraculous move. Um, but we should also, uh, you know, forget the other
0: great moments of 2019. Also, we did have the five-way... Uh, battle for the title and the good end of the season but yeah, let's look at sort of a pilot was Jack Goff taking the Team HARD's win at Silverstone in the rain that was an incredible race wasn't
1: it what a race that was we were there for that one as well we were well I was yes yes yeah, I, I, yeah when watching that back on TV to see how that race unfolded in the oh, wet yeah. it was just you couldn't if you tried to describe that to someone that was a fan of the touring cars and hadn't seen that they'd be like nah nah that can't have happened yeah, and it's, too, it's too fairy tale. it's
0: too off script to, yeah uh,
1: um and obviously Jake Hill took his first win um he did yeah at Knock Hill uh having yep. previously thrown away victory at Alton Park earlier in the season with a collision with Matt Neal um Jelly managed to win a race even though he finished 17th in the championship there were lots of different winners Um,
0: 13 to be
1: precise yes thank you Um, and it was an overall excellent season really you you had a little bit of everything
0: complete breakout of um, Rory Butcher
1: yeah Rory Butcher and to some extent Mike Bushel obviously after the sad news that meant that Sam Tordoff had to end his season early Bushell was an exemplary stand in for me.
0: Um, yeah, I've to that matter as well.
1: Yes, yeah. But, oh, yeah, I'd like to have another season like that this year when yeah, it finally gets could, underway.
0: The other thing about 2019 as well is that all but one driver scored, which again I think shows just how competitive uh, and yeah. how good the you know, field we have now. Um, when you're looking at yeah, you know, every driver, including two MGS that are still, I think, completing the race at Silverstone as we speak, um, scored points. It's pretty, it's pretty good going.
1: I I think possibly as well, if Nick Hamilton had completed the season, obviously he missed the last two rounds, then he may have snuck a point somewhere as well, because he was he was gradually getting better through the season. He was improving,
0: yeah. He was improving as the season went on. So yeah, that's that's true. He could have had a all-car score, yeah, which would have been it. I think I'm unprecedented for a bit about
1: size. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, 32 different drivers. Yeah. <coughs> well, that's five to two. I bet you're all wondering who came out at number one. Would you like to announce it, mate?
0: Number one was the season which saw 17 different drivers win a race. That's 17 off the field. Uh. Uh, They also saw six Giants win their first race. And talking of race wins, they also saw Jason Plato fail to win a race for the first time since 1997. We are talking about 2018.
1: God, that makes him sound old, doesn't it?
0: It's also a quite impressive stat, though. You consider that it's the first time in effectively 20 years that he's failed to win a race. So that does, I mean... (laughs) I'm not going to play his biggest fan. I've like, yeah, be banging his job recently. But, I mean, you do see his abilities as a race driver when you look at that stat.
1: Most definitely. Um, as you say, uh, 2018, sorry, Colin turkinson came out as winner, taking his third British Touring Car title. Um, but there were controversies along the way, shall we say. Shall I start you off? Yeah.
0: No, because I don't want to get all exercised about it again. But all I will say is, we're going to make people race through a blue, uh, uh, almost swore, through a reservoir <laughs> some floor damage to the car. <laughs> I.e., do not be getting rid of or uh, you know disqualifying Tom Chilton, sorry Tom Ingram, and Ashley Sutton from a reservoir race on the account that the floor is low because it's hanging off because of the standing water. Uh,
1: yes, that would be the race at Knockhill, um, which promoted Colin Turkington up to fourth from sixth and probably I I was going to say the points difference that he won the title by was uh, 12, am I correct? yes 12 Um, and yeah you you may question what that may have turned into at the end of the season considering reverse grids and such like
0: Although, I will just say a big shout-out to Ash Sutton for that, because he went from the back of the grid to 8th, which is absolutely incredible in the Subaru, particularly.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, although, I think Knockhill Hill probably suited the Subaru a little bit more because it was a bit point-and-squirt. Um, as you say, there was disqualifications at Knockhill through torrential rain. Um, coming into the final weekend, Turkington had a 34-point lead, which I think we all thought was fairly unassailable. Uh, however, both drivers struggled in the first race. I'm talking about Ingram and Turkington finishing 12th and thir- uh, 12th and 14th. Turkington then went on to not even score in the final two rounds, um, dragging possibly the title back towards Ingram, who finished 4th and 5th. Uh, however, not quite enough to overturn the huge deficit, uh, finally finishing, as we said, 12 points behind Turkington. Sutton took the most wins trying to defend his title with six uh, which was actually equal to the combined total of the three drivers that finished ahead of him in the championship which is astounding that Turkington's gone through the season one race and been so consistent and taken the championship Um, and it was also the season that we saw the historic double points, double distance race at Snetterton which we both attended uh, was won by Matt Neal and was in a race standalone race on its own an excellent spectacle for me
0: it was although that wasn't the greatest spectacle of that weekend um, the greatest spectacle of that weekend was Tom Ingram coming from the back of the greater third in a rain soaked race 2 that was yeah. one of the best drives I've ever ever seen the yeah. speed he had on the rest of the field was unbelievable
1: yeah despite the weather that weekend it was a very enjoyable weekend oh um, very much so I even managed to sneak into the back of um, Ingram's garage, didn't I? You did. <laughs> alongside you. Did. You, you did. <laughs> I did indeed. Flouting the, uh, the um, rope system which you know, calls into question any
0: point of roping and being social hierarchy. But there we go. No, you've just got Not to right. act,
1: act like you're meant to be there and you'll be fine. we <laughs> can nip to connect Barnard Castle
0: next week together.
1: Ha ha. Ha ha. Oh dear. Anyway, back to the motorsport. Yes. Uh yeah, 2018 it's a season that had had it all. I mean 11 drivers finished with more than 200 points. Yeah. Which is astonishing. Yeah. Uh as you say because 17 different winners points scored all the way across the board. Uh even down to Rob Collard who only completed half the season uh even scoring a victory. And um, yeah. Blimey. I didn't. Even, I didn't even remember that Daniel Lloyd won a race.
0: He did. Yes, he did. I mean, that, that, I think that's that's the thing for me about this season. It's it surprise everywhere you look. Whether it's Tom Ingram coming from absolutely nowhere to challenge for a championship again, similar to the uh, torn-up we discovered earlier. Nobody put down Ingram to be a, a championship contender going into this season. Nobody. Um, similar to Tom Chilton, a very consistent driver, but nobody thought he was going to be. third in the championship and also within a
1: shout of winning going into the last last weekend yeah do you remember that unfortunate weekend that Matt Simpson had as well winning the first race at Alton Park and then not starting the second two because of mechanical issues yeah he he could have had an excellent weekend that weekend um, but unfortunately fell a little short it's,
0: yeah, us say it, it was just the the season of surprises. would like the uh, set of Proctor taking a win at Brands Hatch at the start of the season in the Subaru. That was a surprise. Yeah. Because um, you know we we know we know now about the Subarus. Jack Goff was also very competitive that season as well. <sighs> just the opening round Wasn't
1: uh, wasn't Brandtouch. Brands wet though? That opening oh, round. Soaking, wasn't it? Yeah, we had quite a few wet weekends that that year actually, didn't we? We did we did maybe but I say it was just maybe really, that's what made it so exciting that's
0: about to say you know it was so unpredictable throughout you look at you know who scored points and when I mean Rob Austin had a decent season you know forget yeah. he was even in it because it was you know two years ago and he's sort of the forgotten man at the moment yeah he, um, he was
1: in the alpha
0: then wasn't he he was yeah, yeah he was he was uh, jack Mentioned. Adam Morgan and Josh Cook both having strong scenes as well. Again, a little bit out of nowhere, uh, particularly in Cook's
1: case, I think. Uh, Matt, Matt Neal, comparatively poor, because of the won amount... the biggest race of the season. But, as you say, won the biggest race. But, yeah, for him, comparatively poor, finishing down in ninth in the championship, but still scoring 223 points. It's just okay. a- outrageously competitive.
0: Well, I think we're going to talk about surprise as well. Jason Plato, he's mentioned again, 27th in the title, didn't score a top 10 finish. Yeah. Sorry, no, he did. He got a podium. I do apologize he got a podium. Only one top 10 finish throughout the season. Yeah,
1: that's that's mad.
0: I mean, we know there's a lot of politics that is still to come out of the Subaru Plato years partnership, uh, loving, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, yeah, that, that really was... Unbelievable to watch how poor, how slow he was in that car. I remember at Sneston um, that you know, Bobby Thompson was uh, quicker than him, uh, as was uh, the Audi. Oh, God, what's the salute? S3. S3. Thank
1: you. Thank yeah, you. and an assortment of drivers, 41 different drivers took part in this season, which is unprecedented, I think. I don't think we've seen over forty before.
0: No, again it was sort of the team hard merry go round of times. Yes, um, yes it was a little bit. Again, I still have mixed feelings about this because I think I like consistency. Um and I think it's a bit bit much too changing it that option. But I suppose they'll argue the, the back they try and get as many people experiencing the championship as possible. Um, yeah. and that can only be a good thing. But when you look at some of the names, I mean are we gonna see Glyn Geddy come back to the sport I doubt, I doubt it. it are we going to see uh, we might see Pinchley come back I mean Hamilton was an interesting one he also went back to the clearers following this I think he, he, that seat came too soon for him yes yeah um, definitely are we going to see Ant Antwarton Eels back probably not
1: Tom yeah, Boardman probably not. probably not well Tom Tom Boardman used to race absolutely ages ago it must have been what did? 15 15 years ago now um, he was part of that Sayat brigade, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he was way back when. Um,
0: but yeah, and so I think it's a worthy winner 2018, uh, a very exciting, if all not be at the same nail by the conclusion of the season as seen in other ones, but when you look at the of that season uh, and the surprises of that season, I think that if you put the script before something of how 2018 went, uh, you
1: probably get laughed after it being too unrealistic having too many twists and turns yeah yeah most definitely um, we'd love to hear what your favourite season is um, obviously some of you out there may be quite a bit older than us and remember seasons before our time uh, that may have been even more competitive we'd love to hear about them Um, and if you've got any more ideas about other top fives that we could look into we'd love to hear your suggestions Um, but yeah running back through our top five of british touring car championship seasons uh, in fifth we have 2016 title winner gordon shedden in fourth we have 2013 title winner andrew jordan uh, 2009, we have champion Colin Turkington, his first British Touring Car title. Uh, third, we have 2019, Colin Turkington, his fourth British car, Touring Car title. And in 2018, we have Colin Turkington with his third Touring Car title. So just harking back to a point that you made last week, he seems to have won the the, mo- the more exciting seasons. Just pointing that out. Yeah.
0: Yes, but is that because everyone else has been more exciting and his style's worn out? <laughs> uh, I, I stand by my, my my gripes about it. That you know, it works. It absolutely works. It's one 0 to the Arsenal. It works very well. Yeah. Does it? Is it the reason I go and watch touring cars? No, it's not. Is, is he the driver that I go and watch? No. I respect him as a driver. I think he, his his way of driving is commendable. It's for the most part very clean. He's very clinical, and he plays it up in the game. Superbly, is he the
1: reason I buy a ticket and go and watch tour Tour Cards? No, it's not. Fair enough. We we will hopefully look forward to more excitement this season, uh, when it finally yeah. gets underway. All hoping on the first and second of August. Um Yeah, we hope that yeah. you've hope that you've enjoyed this. Um Oh, next week. What are we doing next, next week, thing? sir?
0: If I could first. Just reiterate a point you made. Please do give us your suggestions for top five, because yeah. we are getting painfully low on the list now. Uh, it will a to the point where we're we'll doing top five blades of uh, blades of grass found at UK events. So, you know, please do get in contact with, with any suggestions. Uh, next week we're looking at top five international drivers. So these are the drivers who do not come from the United Kingdom who have competed in the British Touring Car Series. We're uh, mm. ranking those in their uh, best best international drivers. I already have my list and probably my top five ordered. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of agreement on this just for the basis that there hasn't been a great deal of uh, international drivers. has been even less successful international drivers. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to bringing that to you next week. We do have some other news before we go. Yes. Uh, today, Tom Bordley, uh, Kyle Bordley even, has uh, revealed his new livery for the upcoming season. Uh prior to today it's sort of been a yellow, white and red uh number a splash of blue in there. He has instead gone for the Hatton Garden job uh, approach and has completely blinged it out in gold.
1: I do like it. It's it's in it's like nice. a it's a matte gold, isn't it? Um it's nice. We'll we'll put a picture up on uh social media. It's already gone live on our Instagram story. Um and yeah, it's it's looking tidy. Much ti- much nice. tidier than the first one.
0: I'd agree with that and um, the problem is that there's not been many gold cars in this series no. so this is a nice gold this yeah. is a nice uh, as subtle as gold can be this is as you say it's the matte finish to it I think that is quite
1: nice yeah I remember the garish silver that um, Jordan ran on the mm. MG one year that that was that was pretty bad um, yeah, but yeah awesome. the, this gold is, is very nice um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us again this week as you know, we'll be back again, same time next week, 7 o'clock on Friday. Um, and we hope that you all stay safe and stay well. Stay there. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at ptccpod at gmail.com.